This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network and Maj Don are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy, sell, short, cover securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value if we are long and fall if we are short. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Avoiding the Crowd podcast with your host, Maj Swaydan. I'm not Maj. I'm the producer, uh, Robert Kraft, from the SNN Podcast Network, uh, where you can listen to every single episode of Avoiding the Crowd. Which you, and you can also listen to it on Maj's website at geoinvesting.com, where you can get a free seven-day trial to try out his newsletter. And uh, with that, I mean, Maj, we're, we're going back to basics, man. It's just me and you today. What's, what's going on? Well, thanks for the plug there, buddy. Of course. Dude. About, about time. About time. I, I did it on a couple episodes before, you know, that one time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. Good stuff, man. How, how you doing, though? What's going on? Good. No, I was. I watched my Steelers get crushed on a, uh, this week on Sunday. It was a really, really sad day, for, sad night for me. But I knew it was coming, you know. They're not as good as they say, you know, they, they look. And, and they the, with, record, the record actually um, portrays them to be. I was joking with you offline that they're the classic uh, pump and dump. All right. Like, you know, they go up, you know, they're kicking it, rocking, rocking, rocking. And then, uh, you know, when the, you know, that, that next uh, financial report comes out, you see that, Oh, what? Not profitable. Oh, yeah. Wait, pre- <laughs> still haven't recognized any revenue. There's certainly an element of fraud going on there. And I don't, I don't know where it's at, but you know, they, they, they won a lot of their games last second, you know, struggled against some bad teams and well, Anyways, it's next always next week. Hopefully, they get it together. Yeah. Well, so how, how was your weekend? Well, other than watching the, you know, Giants finally get a primetime game, you know that. Look in LA, we are just we're just very thankful whenever we uh, we get uh, at least as a Giants fan that we get the games on because uh, I don't have Red Zone or what is it Sunday ticket whatever. So uh, I, so I just if they show up on a Fox game or a, C- a CBS game on a. a at 10 a.m. <laughs> or one o'clock, <laughs> you know. So it's always it's always a good time, you know. And uh, they were on the 10 a.m. game, but of course uh, they got killed by the Cardinals, and that's great. Especially when we actually had a little hope of maybe even making the playoffs. But all right, no, yeah, <sighs> yeah. Actually, sure. I actually I actually picked them to win. I mean, to win that game. Really, you did? Yeah. They, the odds were the odds were. I, I think they were favored. If I remember, yeah, I think they were favored by like two two and a half. It might have been, but sometimes you know. Yeah. Sometimes you need more than good. Sometimes you need more than good odds. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Yeah. That's for damn sure. All right, Maj, let's let's cut to the chase. You know, I mean, uh, I, as I said, this is our first time back, just me and you together. But I I, I know talking offline, especially with where we're at today, this this idea, you know, that uh, we're certainly not out of the woods with COVID, but you know, with vaccines and everything like that, there's a little bit of hope at the end of the tunnel here. So, I, I thought this would be an interesting time to talk about a case study. Uh, that you've talked about, you know, with your membership that's been profiled on geo investing. So you want to take it away from there? Yeah. Yeah. So this, uh, well, thanks Bobby. And, you know, I, obviously, you know, we don't keep talking about COVID all the time. Right. But 
thought it'd be interesting now because we're, you know, the vaccine's on the way. And um, I think there's a relevant case study to talk about, um, which kind of really continues to, um, you know, impress on the point that we always have to talk about. There are quality nanocaps and microcaps out there and real, real companies with real revenue. Um, and if you look hard enough, you can find them. And the, the, stock, the stock here, the symbol is RVP. Um, it, uh, and um, it's a stock we've been following for a few years. And I mean, maybe two, three years, but kind of sitting there on the radar. Um, and we really never pulled the trigger until earlier this year. And that was, this was not a COVID play, by the way. It was just a, a um, and I'm going to get into why we bought it. Um, now the stock, the name of the company is called Retractable Technologies. And they just make, basically make safety syringes. Um, and it was it was a pretty cool little gadget. So, they, you know, or I'm sorry, I call it a gadget, but it's a syringe where um, you, you, know, you press a button and, and the needle retracts into a, and it went into a syringe or encasement. And the purpose of, of their, um, you know, their, their product is to prevent needle stick injuries, which, you know, look, I didn't realize how big of a problem it was when I, when I first came across it, but it's a really big uh, problem. I think multi, maybe worldwide over a billion dollar problem. And it's basically, you know, needle stick injuries occur when physicians or nurses might, um, or anyone handling a needle whether it's from the physician or nurse or to clean up. And so there's been a big push to really uh, over the years to um, even government kind of government initiatives to, to encourage um, the, the medical ministry really to address that situation and reduce the needle um, sick injuries. So I, I thought that was a pretty cool um, uh, thing they had. And it was, I mean, you literally just push a button and the needle pops right back into the encasement as opposed to the all, you know, the, the usual way of doing, um, uh, you know, of, of you know, take, uh, disposing of a needle and taking out the skin and, you know, how you have to use your hands and you know, how a nurse does that, right? And they, they and they got to pull it out. And um, and there's different ways of, um, of approaching um, needle stick safety. And I thought that was, this was like, like a high tech way of doing it. Um, and, but so there was an issue though with the company where they were in really in, the, uh, in a multi-year, going through a multi-year lawsuit, uh, a legal battle with Beckton Dixon. And when you look at the company's revenues over the years, they really didn't gain that much traction. I was wondering why, which is a great product. Um, you know, if I look at the company's revenue here, let me pull it up. Um, you know, they're, they're hitting that in that 20 to 30 million revenue range for, for some time really never able to get back, you know, through that. Now, Beck and Dixon um, trades with a symbol BDX, which I don't own, by the way, and I do own RBP, um, you know, is, is the market share leader uh, in, uh, in this industry. And basically what was going on was, from RBP's point of view and where the lawsuit was all about, was they believed that uh, BDX was um, utilizing unfair tr uh, marketing practices uh, to make it harder for RBP to gain market share. And um, of, of course, um, BDX was you know fought they fought that and denied that. And you know, basically, what's going on was when you when you sell the uh, a lot of a lot of the revenue or a sales process goes through GPOs, group purchasing organizations, and these GPOs um, 
will then you know, do, you know introduce product to healthcare organizations, for example, um, hospitals, in RVP's case, for example, and so that the um, you know RVP was alleging that BDX was really spreading bad rumors to uh, the GPOs about um, the effectiveness of RVP's product and related kind of negative kind of marketing tactics. And uh, well, it, what, what it turned out happened there, um, Bobby, was that they did win um, some money and they did win um, some cases early on. And um, but apparently BDX still didn't stop doing their, you know, doing their thing. And um, this, and this is a, this goes back several years. And then recent, and so RVP continued to um, uh, sue BDX. And in 2019, I guess there was a final judgment finally on um, on the last attempt of RVP to continue to sue at BDX. And uh, the judge actually ruled in favor of RVP. And the stock at that time, I think, was sitting around, this is last year, 19 sometime, I think before August or before the summer, maybe around 70 cents, maybe 60 cents, 80 cents. It was approaching a dollar on um, potential hopes that that RVP was going to win this case and win a boatload of money, uh, millions of dollars, which they had won in the past. Um, and I should say, by the way, too, there was a lot of insider buying going on by the CEO this whole time, I mean, all throughout the years. He's been buying consistently. And well, it turned out, well, they, the court spent, you know, RVP won that case or uh, they were correct uh, in, in what BDX was doing. But they didn't award any any uh, any judgment, so that was a weird thing, right? Well, they they basically gave them the, the they said you're right, but we're not awarding any money. Really, never gotten to why that um, why that was the case, um, but the stock fell pretty hard, um, which I, we thought was really weird because, I mean, of course, not gonna, maybe they're not going to win any money, but they still won the case, and there were some um, settlement kind of agreements between RVP and Beth and Dixon. And what we meant, we thought this would be was encouraging. Where if, if BDX now, if they were going to lay off the gas now in terms of uh, deceptive marketing um, practices, that uh, the stock would finally, the company would finally be able to go out there and start really getting some market share. And so we started watching the story, and then the stock. And I think we we, were, we talked about the story somewhat to a GM investing members that we were watching, and we really didn't take a position in it yet. And then the stock eventually went over one dollar. It was about it was about one forty, one fifty. They reported a couple of nice quarters of growth. Um, so we we surmised, right, maybe the ARC is trying to gain a little bit of market share uh, from what's um, from BDX laying off the pedal. So you know they were you know generating revenue, um, growing the showing some growth, which which we became optimistic in terms of well maybe BDX is uh, laying off the pedal. And um, maybe they're not uh, being deceptive anymore. And then they were also uh, had reached profitability, consistent profitability for um, for several for a couple quarters in a row. And so we decided, and the stock went over a dollar. We decided to buy a little stock, um, not too much. And we told our members, "Hey, we're taking a really small position as we continue to watch the story unfold." That was pretty interesting. Here around that time, I had not written an article on the company yet, and. I said, you know, it's, maybe it's time to do that, to at least to start really, really digging into the story. And we did a, uh, to do a really deep dive in the industry, the competitors, um, some of the risks associated with uh, the company, you know, how big is this needlestick problem? 
how big really is it? And uh, what are all the other potential solutions out there? And um, I actually um, reached out to Thomas Bernie and Andrew Vermeer, Vermeer um, and their Geo Investing members. And I said, why don't you help? Maybe you guys can help me write an article here and help us do some research. So we all collaborated together and did some research and wrote a pretty comprehensive report on um, on RVP. And it really started making sense to me that it, this this product does look like it was it is best in class. Um, and you know, I interviewed some nurses and interview, and I you, you, the one thing that worried me was that sometimes it's hard to teach or convince, you know, all people, you know, if you're used to doing something for a long time, even though it might be inferior to want to use new technology. And that was the one thing I had a little bit of a issue with potentially. Uh, but other than that, it was clear by watching, you know, I watched probably 20, 30 videos on, you know, uh, different types of syringes. Um, I had to do that because I couldn't, I imagine it wasn't getting back to me. I wanted to interview the CEO, but he really wasn't doing that, um, getting back to me at all. Maybe he was jaded with the market, how, how the market treated the stock over the years and the whole process, um, how his stock um, maybe fell apart when the whole BDX thing kind of blew up. Um, but I was real confident in the research. And then of course, COVID comes along. And we, we thought, all right, this is pretty interesting. I mean, where is, is there gonna be an interesting opportunity for RVP to maybe be a player in this at some point um, if there is ever gonna be a vaccine? And RVP had this contract for a while uh, with the government. Um, they're called IDIQ contracts. And I think it's indefinite uh, time, indefinite quantity contracts. So what this is, the government will issue these things like, as a vehicle and say, okay, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll issue you, you know, a, say a $50 million contract, $80 million contract, potential contract, or IDIQ. You just got to go find the money to fund this contract. And we'll... we'll and, um, and or there has to be maybe a task order on that contract given. So it doesn't mean that this is a, this contract is gonna be executed, it just means it's there if we wanna use it. Um, and it, it was just sitting there and never really, it was, I think it was there for, I mean, over five years, maybe longer than that. And no, no revenue was ever kind of, no task orders were ever delivered against that contract. Uh, and then we noticed, um, I don't know if it was March or maybe April um, that the um, there was every every year I believe or every I believe it's every year um, the IDIQ contract is kind of amended, just a procedural thing, you know that is still in play, and you know you can you can go to a government website to see these things, and we noticed that um, there was um, an, an update and early 2020, uh, where the, uh, there was, it was mentioned, they mentioned the word COVID or something. Like, I forgot the exact word on it, but it was like, you know, basically adding COVID-19 to this procedural kind of, you know, contract, whatever, or this IDIQ. You know, the stock pumped a little bit and they came back down. And I think there, there was this um, belief that ah, this IDIQ has been out there forever and nothing's gonna happen with it. We thought differently. And so we started taking a bigger position in the stock and we kind of communicated that to our members that we we're doing that, even though everyone I was talking to, or I wouldn't say everyone, but no one really was believing that RVP was going to ever you know, benefit from this at all. 
well, then lo and behold, I mean, a few weeks later, they put out a press release talking more about the opportunity and what this contract was and everything. And it became, it started to become more um, obvious that RVP was going to play a big role um, in, in administrating vaccines at some point and that the government was going to be, you know, funding this. And so, you know, stock had a nice little huge run. I mean, after that, it went from, I think, about buck 50 and um, it got as high as, I want to say, 13 bucks relatively quickly. It had this really big run. Um, and I want to say that, let me look at the chart here real quick, Bobby, because I want to see where that was, because it's important here to get this right on that when the high was achieved. And it got ahead of itself because, you know, there was this, um, here it is. Actually, it got as high, I think, at yeah, $13.10 on July 30th. And then it had a massive pullback. The company reported earnings, I, I believe that would have been what? Probably Q2 earnings uh, um, shortly after that. And the revenues weren't, they were just, they were okay, but they weren't fantastic. They didn't have, there was no really, um, I guess for some reason, um, the market had expected or some had expected RVP to, or the government to already order these, you know, syringes ahead of even the vaccine being available, right? Or even maybe some, there was a, just a general needle shortage going, a, a syringe shortage going on anyway right now, even before the vaccine, you know, because of, you still need these needles uh, and syringes to, um, um, to combat COVID-19 even during that, during COVID-19, before the vaccine. But there were really no orders from that. So the stock, the stock, probably, you know, um, f fell pretty hard to as low as I think got into the fives. Um, let me see here. Yeah, 557. Now, actually, now we had on that first run to 13, we had sold some of that stock. We knew that we assumed that the investors were, you know, that there wasn't going to be a lot of revenue from the government contract yet. Um, and we communicated that to our Jew investing members that we sold some. But we kept a good chunk of it too. So it hurt when it came back down. Um, and then, um, you know, we, we, we just, we didn't, we kept the, we held on to our position. And this is all about like InfoArb, too. A lot of InfoArb going on here. You had this little IDIQ contract. Um, you had the COVID-19 thing buried in one, buried in a updated part of the contract. And then, um, and if you were, you start reading some of the, um, the, the filings, you started seeing that the government was actually going to basically start investing uh, in the company to help them expand their manufacturing capacity. So they were putting money, you know, basically helping fund RVP. Um, and, and I believe there might have been actually a um, maybe increase in the contract size at one point too um, earlier this year. So then um, you had well, the, the real big, the cool thing though was that InfoWire came along. Um, few uh, maybe a month or so ago where there were some meeting minutes that we came across through um, an investor in our network who, who said was uh, some town sh town hall meeting minutes regarding zoning approval and zoning uh, because they were building they, they're in Texas by the way so they you know and you know you go they got to go to these zoning meetings to uh, to talk about your expansion plans and during the minutes um, or, or the transcript, you could get the transcript of that meeting. You were able to see some really interesting info arb in that meeting, which kind of basically talked about the size, the amount of revenue that could be coming uh, to RV, RVP's way, 
how the government was really backing them in this whole in this whole um, initiative. Uh, then when you read the filings, we got more we saw more information about it. So it became really, 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 really bullish again. And I think this the stock ran again here. That's sitting today around 13 bucks again, isn't it? I think. Um, it's come back nicely. Um, I bought, I actually played some options in the stock too. It was really great. I mean, we, we didn't disclose our option play to the, um, geo. We don't do a lot of, we don't do options that much in geo, but it was really interesting. Um, option tree too. I think the options went from like 35 cents to, uh, I, I, um, to maybe like eight, $9, which was a, was a crazy trade on the options. Um, yeah, so that's that. So the, the interest. So this was a really interesting thing, and then they, they then they finally had their third quarter earnings, which eventually showed the really big you know, numbers, and the stock had a delayed reaction too. It didn't react quickly those it, it, uh, those earnings as we thought it would. So it was time to get even. There was time to get in the stock, even after after Q3 numbers were released on the, and you could have rode a nice little run. So it, it got to 13 again, pulled back, and now it's come back up again. So three, it's had three runs at 13 now. Um, and I guess there was a tweet out there today. Uh, we we saw where there was some um, someone talking about seeing the syringes at a CVS or a Walgreens. I forgot which one it was, but they're definitely being used there to administer the vaccine. Um, so that's you know this is a really the reason I want to talk about this is because it really really goes to show that um, how you can there's real companies in these nano cap micro cap arena. Um, the company's revenues. Let me look at the. I mean, this is this is, um, yeah. So they, you know, they were doing about you know thirty million dollars of revenue before you know um, leading into two thousand twenty. It actually they did forty one million revenue in two thousand nineteen, thirty three million in two thousand eighteen. This is a real company. They, uh, they just did twenty seven million dollar quarter in two thousand uh, in the third quarter, which was a lot of that was uh, from um, a good deal of that was from um, government government revenue preparation for the vaccine. So, you know, now that's the challenge now, it's, it's good to talk about these challenges too now though. So the challenge here is how, how do you value RVP? Um, you have this legacy business it's still growing maybe at, it's growing maybe 10, 15%, which isn't fantastic, but we're hoping that um, as they gain market share um, through the core business, that maybe that gets better. And as a BDX maybe lays off um, with unfair marketing practices, uh, but then you have the hype on the story is obviously the, the, the COVID-19 revenue. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we don't know much about how long the vaccine is going to last, how recurring will the revenue be? Obviously, there's gonna, if this is a vaccine, it has to be done every year, every two years. So it's hard to model that revenue right now. But there certainly is going to be a level of revenue that's going to come from COVID-19 that's going to stick probably for some time. Um, but we don't necessarily know how the market's going to value that. Um, that revenue yet. And that's what we're trying to figure out uh, right now. And that's, that's the challenge in a lot of COVID-19 stocks. You don't know how much the, how much of the business they're getting from COVID-19 is going to stick around and how much is going to go, you know, just disappear one day. But if, look, if we're going to be taking vaccines for years to come, some of the, that, some of that revenue is going to stick and maybe help the company, you know, with its, um, give it nice cash flow maybe to help it become more aggressive in its core business and get that stuff and, and, and that growth going and accelerating. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, it's, it's definitely richly valued here. I think it's, um, let me see what it's selling at here. Um, yeah, 
it's selling at a, a price of sales right now on trailing of six six times revenue, uh, which isn't which isn't terrible. Uh, but is it fair? To, is it fair to really value the COVID nineteen revenue at that multiple? I guess is the question, and um, that's what we're playing around with right now. If you were just to value the core business, that revenue, it's, it's pretty fairly valued here. Maybe even rich. Um, and that's, that's why investing is hard, right? <laughs> you know, and, um, that, that's what, that's what we're going through now. But, you know, look, we, the cool thing about this is that we took a pretty big position when it was, you know, only around, you know, a buck 50 or so. We sold a lot of our profits, made some money in the options, which gives us the ability to stick around with a smaller position to see what happens, you know, and to hold some for, you know, the longer term and still, even if the stock falls back to five or three or four, we still did, you know, made a lot of money in the stock. So, um, and that's what we're at right now. So that's that, Bobby. All right, that's that. I mean, is there, on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> so. no, this was a, this is definitely an on-the-spot case study today. That's for sure. Yeah. But um, you know, you're I never gonna my... get a you're never gonna get a clean presentation from me, man. <laughs> it's never gonna be clean. So stop. I think that's I think that's what people can expect on this show. You know, like uh, look, day of recording. I, I think it's pretty clear to everyone. We uh we come up with it on the spot. You know, yeah. what? It, what's most interesting. But I mean, you know, your quick last take on this um, and for full disclosure, I'm not a shareholder of RVP um, is, I mean, how did you find this idea? You know, where did you did you did the community pitch it to you or did you uh, did you were you looking at? I mean, you I think you said you took a position back in December, right? So you didn't know COVID-19 was around the corner. I mean, how did you how did you find this one? Yeah, I think we took the position. Actually, I think we took it actually. Um, hold on. I don't think it was December. The date we took the position was actually March 11th, 2020 is when we actually, um, disclosed along the geo. We might've had a small position going into it, but we weren't comfortable talking about it because we didn't, we didn't do enough of our research yet. Um, but I, but we disclosed, we just, we disclosed it around a buck 50, March 11th of 2020. I mean, but we, so started, that, but we, but we found the stock. We were there. we were talking about it in 2019, though. That's how we, as we were doing the research. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do we find it? I mean, I, I got to you know we do. That was probably a form four uh, situation where you know we track a lot of insider buying, right. and we had noticed uh, through my a feed that we an internal feed I have here within Geo, of a lot of form fours being uh, filed for multiple years by the CEO in this company, and then I dug into it a little more. And then I think it might have hit a high too. That we, so we do we do a lot of momentum research too, where we look for stocks trading at high, you know, hitting new highs for the first time in a long time, to see if there's a reason for that. We have we had the combination of momentum, plus insider buying. We thought that was interesting, and they just opened up a nice little can of worms for us. That was really nice. For sure. All right. Well, I think I think that's a pretty good place to end it. And just real quick, just to make sure it's perfectly clear, you still you say you still have a small position, right? Yeah. Yeah, a smaller okay. position. I mean, it depends on who's who's small to who. Small, right? small, <laughs> small position for you. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble for that. You know, the, the way we yeah. disclosures, disclosures and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah, small position for much. Put it like that. All right. So, um, all right. I think I think we're good to go. I mean, uh, anything you want to plug in particular uh, going into this week? Uh, I know we have a guest for next episode. So, uh, um, anything you want to plug? No, well, let's keep that a secret. I think it's going to be a great episode, by the way, next week. So you definitely, oh, if you're watching yeah. this, you got to tune into this one. Definitely. It's going to be a good one. 
Uh, and uh, we and now like like what we just did right now. I'm I uh, I'm actually I promised my <laughs> our members at Geo Investing that I was going to go over forty about forty four forty five stocks in our coverage universe and try and do it under ninety seconds for each one. Mm. So I ran a uh, <laughs> still working on it. I ran on a I ran a little trial run on yesterday and it took me two hours. It wasn't good. It was it was horrible, so I had to delay it. So I'm working on that you right know, now. You know how you should do it. You should do like a like a set number of days, so you're not like going nuts where you're doing all 44 in one day. You should do like I don't know, spread out over like eight days. Just do like five a day. And I wish you would have told me that like on Saturday, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> but you are right. That's why I wanted to see how I, if I could do it right. Okay. And by the twenty fifth stock, I was already getting dizzy. Seeing it was it was I was passing out. <laughs> it was horrible. That would actually yeah. be a pretty. That would be a really sick game to see if like you could some or like we could we could try and go for like a record here of like you being able to dissect like I'll just throw a list of like I'll have like a list of fifty names or something and just throw them at you and just yeah. get your like sixty second take on it and we'll see how many you can actually do in one session. It was, it was, yeah, well, it'd be interesting. Let me get this down path first. <laughs> so I think, but you're right. I'm going to do probably five a day, then like do it. Cause I think that's all the, all the doing 44 is in one time is pretty, pretty interesting. It's pretty kind of cool. Maybe like to do it and see if I could do it. I don't think we get, like, I didn't get enough granular detail. I think yeah. members will, will have, get more out of it. If I do five, you know, then re, re, you know, do five more and, that kind of thing, yeah. So, any members listening right now, this is like a little BTS, it's a little behind the scenes of uh, of how Maj is producing some of the great content that uh, you guys have come to know and love. So, uh, and we expect a lot more, of course, you know, especially with the podcast and everything. So, uh, very good. All right. So, uh, everybody should go to geoinvesting.com, go subscribe, listen up, you know, the whole thing, right? Yeah. And, and, um, you know, keep, you know, this, we have a lot of really um, fun stuff um, and great content. A schedule for avoid the crowd uh, podcast for several weeks uh, going forward. And I, I really hope that everyone's learning think from the podcast. If there's anything that we could be doing better, please let us know. If there's any guests that you want to see uh, on the show, let us know um, so we can learn more strategies and get better at investing. Maj, I did get one comment is that we need to update your back background. You're, you're, we need, we need to, we need to get some, like, we need to get some degrees up there. We need to get like, you know, a Steelers helmet. I mean, we gotta like, we gotta, we gotta work with that. I don't, I don't know. Well, for those who are listening in his background is uh, he's got a fan over his right shoulder or yeah, I think it's over his right shoulder and a chair. So we gotta, <laughs> so at least we can put some like mess, let's mess some papers around, you know, look like, uh, you know, you're, you're reading something before we started. Oh, what's messy in here? I, you don't, you trust me, but <laughs> yeah. Good shit. I'll, right. I'll work, I'll work on that. Okay. All right. We're going to, we're going to get a nice bag and, and, and he's going to wear a, a, a college shirt every time now, you know, not as a gray shirt. No, I'm just kidding. Now you're, going, but, uh, now you're going too far. Now we're going too far. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, Maj, we, uh, everybody listening, you can listen to every episode of Avoiding the Crowd in multiple places. Uh, I invite you to go and check it out at geoinvesting.com. You can also listen to it on the SNN Network YouTube channel at youtube.com slash SNN Wire and also on the direct Podbean audio-only version, which is uh, avoidingthecrowd.podbean.com. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bobby K. Craft, B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. And Maj, they can follow you at Maj Geoinvesting on Twitter as well. So um, 
I think that's it. You know, Mosh, we're good. Yep, we're good. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you, man. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network and Maj Don are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy, sell, short, cover securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value if we are long and fall if we are short. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast.